said to him you're right you're right the mirror really does have two faces thank you everybody welcome to the element of surprise my name is Chadwick J Suet it is a new year it is 2021 not much has changed but it is a new year and as they say the show must go on that particular show is the element of surprise the mentally irregular podcast welcome um, if you're listening to this, then you know where to find us. If not, if maybe a friend told you you should check it out, you can go to eosmentallyirregular.podbean.com, hosting site. You can also check out the Facebook page at www.facebook.com backslash eosmentallyirregular. Okay, so again, we're in a new year. It's 2021. Uh, I guess uh, we made it. We made it through 2020. Good job for us. Um, again, like I said, not much has changed because uh, it's the year later. It's just getting worse. It's a trap. 
so um that said that's that's all i'm going to say about that uh i want to get right into it you know i mean i have been thinking a lot about video game characters uh specifically mario super mario and um it occurred to me it occurred to me late last night while i was laying in bed uh trying to allow the sounds of the fan on the floor and the cats purring to help me drift off into dreamland it occurred to me that mario uh super mario 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 as he's known first and last name are the same that um you know let let, let me put it to you this way I, i i think i've got irrefutable evidence that mario is a vat-grown super soldier, and um, I'm going to tell you about it right now. For, basically for being the biggest video game celebrity on the planet, there's very little that we actually know about Mario Mario. You know, we don't know who his parents are, we don't know why he dresses like a plumber, um, you know, or if he is even an actual plumber, we don't know if there's a little Italy in the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, you know, these reasons for massive gaps in his history is are, are simple, basically, but they're pretty hard to swallow. Um, and I'm going to lay it out for you, just toss it out on the table, here it comes. Mario isn't a man with a man's life. He's a clone. He's a replicant. He's a goddamn vat-born freak. He was grown in a in a vat, and um, you know. Now I wouldn't normally accuse the Homelander of Nintendo of being a genetically engineered super soldier um, without some solid evidence. So here we go. A- exhibit A: the the mushrooms, the shrooms. Not only can Mario just stomp on like waves of enemies like a one-person anti-Koopa army it also seems like he can come back from the dead endless times as long as he has a one-up mushroom you know now there are cronies of the Nintendo Deep State also known as Nintendo DS that will claim the one-ups are just a gameplay mechanic left over from the days of coin-operated arcade machines but what if I told you Dear listeners, that instead of instead of uh, you know them just being a leftover leftover game gameplay mechanic, what if I told you that these mushrooms prove a concordance between Mario and several UN United Nations violations on human cloning? What if I told you that? What would you think? I know what you'd think, Chad. You're clearly out of your mind. You're talking about a video game character who. You're now claiming to be a vat-grown super soldier. <laughs> you might be right there, but observe. You see, according to the European version of Super Smash Bros. for the Nintendo 3DS and the Wii U, one of mushrooms create, and I'm quoting here, a whole extra version of Mario, making more copies with every power-up. Basically, it's saying that he's storing a copy of himself just in case he needs it. You know, um... So instead of being born again, Mushroom Jesus is basically simply replaced by an identical copy of himself to continue the fight. 
it, it's basically the Clone Wars. Mario might as well have been grown from Django Fett on a, in a vat on Kamino. Um, you know, and that's not the only lore that backs up my unnatural lifespan of Mario Mario uh, theory here. You know, as I've uh, mentioned to uh, friends and random strangers in the past, uh, Miyamoto, the creator of Mario, once claimed that the guy who looks like Ron Jeremy is only about 24 years old. And that only makes sense in a world where they, and I know you know who they are, started counting after he slid out of that mushroom nutrient tank, fully matured as, a, as an adult man. I want you to seriously think about this. Miyamoto is the creator of Super Mario. He says, now I want, I want everybody here to just close your eyes. Close your eyes for a second, and I want you to picture, picture in your head, Super Mario. You get the red hat, brown hair, mustache, overalls, red shirt, boots. You got, you got the image in your head? According to the creator, to his creator, uh, you know, Sensei Miyamoto, he is 25 years old. That doesn't make fucking sense. That doesn't hold water. I'm sorry, sir. That doesn't fucking land. You know, so that just further proves that he is, a, you know, the only way that that could be true is, again, if they, you know, if they started counting his lifespan from the moment he was, you know, just ejected from the cloning process as a fully matured man ready to jump on uh, turtles. So, I know at this point, you're, you're probably following along, you're like, wait a minute, you know what, Chad, you might be on to something here, or you might be ludicrously insane. Well, alright, if, if lore dumps aren't enough to convince you that you're being lied to by the Nintendo DS, how about some literal physical evidence? At which point I now present Exhibit B, and that is Beach Bod Mario. So, in the past few years, we've been treated several times to Mario in swim trunks, just bare-chested. And apart from, you know, the, the glaring absence of, of curly M-shaped chest hair and maybe a gold medallion of some sort, Mario has another key feature that he's missing. He's not missing nipples. Those are very fucking obvious. But he is missing a belly button. And as we all know from science fiction, having no belly button is a clear sign that you're a clone, and you were raised in a test tube. And before any of you come at me in protest by claiming that this might simply be a thing all Mushroom Kingdom humans lack, like proportionally sized heads, you might be you're wrong. You're, gonna, you're, you're wrong, and I'm going to prove it. Because if you play Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020, Princess Peach and Rosalina both wear crop tops whenever they are running the hurdles, and you can clearly see that they have a human belly button. Whereas Mario, Luigi, Wario, Waluigi, they do not. Now... This also explains all the versions of the plumbers in the Mario Extended Universe that I just mentioned. What about Baby Mario? And 
What about Wario and Waluigi? Well, Wario and Waluigi are obviously rejected, malformed clones of the Mario Brothers. You know, copies of copies whose minds and bodies are just irrevocably scrambled. A dangerous process as highlighted in the 1996 documentary M Multiplicity. Um, now, between the mushroom cloning and the lack of umbilical cord scarring, it is obvious that Mario didn't just enter the world as a hapless plumber trying to do the right thing. You know, whether he was created by a mad Italian warlock or some of the Mushroom Kingdom's, Mushroom Kingdom's top uh, geneticist, Mario is absolutely a genetically engineered super soldier built for only one mission. And that mission is to just march Terminator style from castle to castle, find and protect the princess. There's Every spiky shell piercing his skull or hammer bro hammer t that shatters his ribcage, a new Mario then awakens from its tube and is thrust out to where the previous Mario has died. Um, and, you know, that, that's just a sad thing to me because the, as, as the Marios continue to do this, be it uh, Mario, Mario, Luigi, Mario, or any of his uh, other... Um, you know, abhorrent clones, uh, they, they, they all awaken just ready to do their job. They're, they're unaware that they have already died a thousand deaths and will die a thousand more. And all those collected stars will be lost in time like tears in the rain, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, I did end that with the uh, part of the Roy Batty speech from fucking um, Blade Runner. So if you enjoy that, then... You're, you're welcome? Okay. So, let's take... Let's take a gander here. What else do I want to tell you? Oh, yeah! Um, let's see. So, we are only 18 days into the new year. And, as I said earlier, things are still terrible. And maybe that makes you want to crawl, go crawl into a hole. And, you know, just go crawl into a hole and be sad. And maybe you want that particular hole to be a mouth-shaped hole that is attached to a large purple pocket monster with glowing red eyes. Or, let me put it to you like this. Have you ever asked yourself, aloud, in public, I wonder what sleeping on a Pokemon's tongue with my head jammed into its mouth would be like? Yeah, me either. But, they made a way for us to do it anyway. And, uh, that is the Gengar... Pokemon pillow, and I, I highly, highly recommend that all of you listening look that up, because it's a real thing. Um, so the Pokemon company uh, has announced the perfect piece of Pokemon merchandise for any true Pokemon fan, and it is called the Gengar Pokemon pillow, or Gengar cushion, which is shaped to be like the Pokemon Gengar. Um, now, it has a space for you to rest your head right inside his mouth. Um, which I'm assuming is literally a portal to hell. And this is after a pink cushiony pillow that is his tongue rolls out of his mouth for five feet, five and a half feet along the floor. So, for me at least, I can use a little bit of tongue to cover my toes because I'm only 5'8", so with my head in his mouth, I could overlap that a little bit and cover my feet. Um... And for easy storage, the tongue can be rolled up and stuffed back into Gengar's Hellmouth. Um, 
But, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about this item since I've seen it. And, uh, you know, I've done my internet research. And the rumor has it that the gigantic mouth leads uh, not into its uh, into Gengar's body, but instead directly into the afterlife. And it lays traps, uh, hoping to steal the lives of those that it catches. So, if you stand in front of its mouth, you'll hear your loved one's voices calling out to you. Now, that that I just said, that is directly from Pokemon lore. That is directly from, like, the official card and video games about Gengar. His mouth doesn't go into his body, it goes directly to the afterlife. I'm going to say that again. If you go into Gengar's mouth, it goes directly into the afterlife, where it has previously laid traps in its own mouth, hoping to kill you, and then if you, st or if you stand in front of its mouth, and it opens its mouth at you, you can hear the cries of your deceased loved ones calling out to you. Um, now, again, according to Pokemon lore, the other thing about Gengar is that Gengar was once a human. In the game Pokemon Moon, Gengar's Pokedex entry talks about the creepy cutie's little desires for a traveling companion, which is what it's trying to do by taking other human lives. It secretly is um, desperate for companionship. So, that said, I really want you to really think about this if you purchase the Gengar pillow, because um, you're, you're literally, if you follow Pokemon lore, you're sticking your head into the afterlife and curling up on its gigantic tongue and just waiting for, for death's cold embrace. Uh, but it's still something that you can get. You can, you can go purchase it online. The Gengar Pokemon pillow. Um... I, I think I know more than a few who'd actually crawl into Gengar's warm abyss. Um, also, one thing I've noticed about this is that the internet is very, very intrigued by the prospect of people making memes and fan art out of this piece of merchandise. Like, there's a photo of it. Like, they, they, they show you various... Like, if you go to the webpage, there's a photo of the Gengar uh, Pokemon pillow. And then it shows you a gentleman... Um, using the, the Gengar Pokemon pillow and sh sleeping in various positions, one of which is just, like, kneeled down with, like, the Gengar on a chair, and he's just kneeled down in front of the chair and just sticks his head into Gengar's mouth. I'm assuming that is, like, the, you know, like, it's hypnotized you into worshipping it and then doing its bidding uh, pose, but, uh, you, I mean, they're fucking hysterical to look at. But there is a lot of fan art that people have made in just the few weeks since this has been, like, released that is just like, hey, here are cats sticking their heads into Gengar's mouth. Oh, here's Bruce Willis is as John McClane from Die Hard sticking his head into Gengar's mouth. Oh, here's the cast of Harry Potter sticking their head into Gengar's mouth. And this is all over the fucking net. So, uh, needless to say, what the fuck? But yeah, go check it out. Let's all buy ourselves a Gengar Pokemon pillow, and uh, you know, maybe maybe it's like maybe it's like uh, FaceTime in there. Maybe you, you you everybody that sticks their head into Gengar's uh, dark dark uh, hellmouth can communicate with one another because we're all now you know at least that our heads is in the afterlife. Um, you know, I mean, I don't care if it's a plush pillow or a crocodile. I, I've got. A real personal issue with sticking my head inside of the mouth of something that's you know wants me to 
Like, if it's like, oh, don't worry, you'll be safe, you can get the best rest of your life. Just put your head in my mouth. No. Pass. Hard pass. Matter of fact, ask yourselves that. Ask yourselves this question. If you were ever approached, and it doesn't have to be the Gengar uh, Pokemon pillow, if you were ever approached by anything, and it, it noticed that you were tired, and it's like, oh, you tired? And you're like, yeah, I'm exhausted. And it's like, you know what? I got you. I got you. Just lay down. Rest your body on my soft, pillowy tongue and stick your head in my mouth. You'll be fine. That immediately throws up red flags to me. It sounds very suspect. Why would anything expect you to be like, you know what? The safest and most comfortable place to sleep is the same way that I could possibly eat you. You know, it's like the, the old story of the gingerbread man. You know, he's not, he doesn't want to... He doesn't want to trust the fox to get him across the river because it's like you're gonna eat me, and the fox is like no I won't hop on you know hop on my back. Matter of fact, water might splash on my back, get in my mouth. And Gingerbread Man's like you know what, that is that is logical. Let's do it. And what happens? The fox fucking eats him. So yeah, I, I you know maybe it's uh, maybe it's that, maybe it's me. I don't know, but I've just got a real aversion to sticking my head in the mouth of anything that wants me to stick my head in its mouth. Um, but I digress. So, how can I begin this next topic? <laughs> how can, how can I begin this next topic? My last haircut was in February of 2020. So, in little less than a month, I will have gone a year without getting a single hair on my head trimmed. And it's been a long time since I've done that. But, uh, you know, and it makes sense, what with COVID and all that. So, uh, I didn't, I haven't gotten a haircut in almost a year. And the same could have been said for my son. Until recently. So, my, my mother... And I love her to death. This is in no way, shape, or form her fault. But my mother is like... You ever see those cartoons where the kids do, like, dastardly things? Like, they own, like, you know, like, Dexter's Laboratory comes to mind. Like, he's got a whole fucking, like, laboratory hidden in their house. And his mom's just like, okay, Dex! And she has no idea what's fucking going on. That's kind of like my mom. So, she convinced my son that it was time for a trim. And admittedly, it, it was. He, he was past the point of needing a trim, but, you know, with he, he's also nine, and getting a kid to sit still for a regular haircut is almost impossible, but with people wearing masks and for being like, oh, t put your mask on here, let me take it off this year, that's, that's like poking the bear. So it's like, yeah, no, you can wait. You'll, you can wait. So my mom convinces him to get a trim. And... You know, maybe maybe she calls one of her two sisters who are, you know, professionally licensed, uh, you know, hair cutting people, stylists, I guess is the word I'm looking for, with each with over 25 uh, years experience. No, maybe she takes him down to like supercuts where we usually get our haircuts and they know him and know how to cut his hair. No, she takes him to smart styles in Walmart. In the Delmont Walmart. And, okay, so before I go, before I continue, I am going to say this. Many of you out there are going to be like, yeah, so I see people getting their hair cut in there all the time. And 
you're right. They, they do. I see people coming in and out of there all the time. Hold up, Jack. Whoa, 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 boss. Let's slow your roll. Hold up. For those of you that don't know, Smart Styles at Walmart only offers one hairstyle. And it doesn't matter if you're male, female, if you're two or two or 102, if you're white, black, green, red, or yellow. It doesn't fucking matter. They only offer one haircut, and that haircut is the Dudley. Chad, that sounds interesting. What's the Dudley? Well, let me familiarize you. In the 19, late 70s and, 19, and early 80s, uh, at the height of his popularity, there was an actor named Dudley Moore. And for any of you who have ever seen Dudley Moore, the man only had one haircut for pretty much what it looked like his entire life, and it looked like he did it himself in a dark basement with no lights on. And that's the haircut that they offer at Smart Styles in Walmart. So my mom takes my son up to Walmart to get his hair trimmed. And, you know, she goes in there and they're like, what do you want us to do with it? And she says, oh, just to trim. You know, he just needs it out of his eyes. Now, I'm assuming, you know, and you know what they say about assuming, but I'm going to assume that the majority of my listeners have had a haircut in their fucking lives. At least one. So, when you go to a stylist and you say, yes, I would like you to take your scissors and I would like you to lightly trim around my hair so that way my eyes are not obstructed by the hair falling in front of them. They're they're capable of doing this, right? They don't automatically go, okay, we know what to give you. The Dudley Moore look from 1982. We're going to chop haphazardly at your hair, possibly by a stylist that has Parkinson's disease and glaucoma until your hair looks like Dudley Moore. Not one piece of your hair will be even length with another piece of your hair. Is that what you asked for? No, I asked for a slight trim to get the hair out of my eyes. Okay, I heard what you said and I just keep hearing Dudley, so that's what we're going to go with. Because at Smart Styles in Walmart, that's all they offer. Like, you know how you go to any other salon and they have a book of, like, styles and everything? You can flip through it and there's the, they're sectioned off, like, kids, men, women. And, you know, you look at it and it's all different. Like, in the 80s and the men's, it was all, like, you know, mullets and, like, feathered. And the kids had, like, that one fucking bowl cut uh, with, like, thick-rimmed glasses and, you know, like, you know, like nowadays, like, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's the, it's the book that holds all the styles. It is the book that is full of the popular modern styles. Well, Smart Styles has, has a book like that. And it's just 200 pages front and back of the same fucking picture of Dudley Moore from 1982. And, you know, it's like, oh, children's hairstyles. And you flip through and it's Dudley Moore. And it's just the same photo of him. And then you get to fucking men's styles, and it's Dudley Moore. And it's the same photo that they used for the children's styles. And then you get to women's styles. And it's the same fucking photo that they used for the men and the women's. And then it's like, oh, ethnic styles. And it's the same fucking picture of Dudley Moore. Just the whole goddamn book, front and back, Dudley Moore. And it just says smart styles on the front, presenting the Dudley. That's the only haircut they offer. 
I know this, not just because that's what they did to my son, but then I had to immediately take him to Supercuts and have them rectify. Now, keep in mind, my mom also told me that it took them 25 minutes to cut his hair at Smart Styles. 25 minutes. Not one strand of hair was equal in length to another. He came out of there, like, they, 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 I will give them this. They have perfected the Dudley. They know how to give you the Dudley Moore 1982 haircut. It doesn't matter what, like, if you walk in there and your hair is more than fucking, or shorter than three inches in length, they tell you you don't need a haircut because it's too short to give you the Dudley. They'll say, come back in a few months. That way we can give you a proper Dudley. And you'll be like, what? No, I just want you to shave my head. And they're like, no, no, no. We don't do that here. We only offer the Dudley. So... So that said, my mom gave, brought him back. She said it took 25 minutes for them to just massively fuck up every hair on his head and give him the Dudley. And I immediately took him down to Supercuts here in Murraysville, where in under 10 minutes, they gave him a regular child's hairstyle that looks fine and is even and doesn't have, like, chunks of long hair, like, mixed in with chunks of short hair and, like, a bald spot and everything. So it made me fucking really think about this. And what I've determined is that there are a few prerequisites. There are some prerequisites that you need to have in order to work at Smart Styles in Delmont. And number one of them is you've got to be blind in at least one eye. Like, you've got, you've got to have one eye that's just milky and glazed over. Number two, you need to be able to pronounce the word scissors. If you can do this, they will let you cut people's hair. Number three, you have to have seen the movie Arthur 2 on the Rocks no less than 500 times. Like, you got to watch nothing else than Arthur 2 on the Rocks. And that's pretty much all it takes for you to work at Smart Styles in Delmont. And I know what you're thinking now. Oh, Chad, he, he, they took him there. Maybe the stylist was there, and uh, she didn't know. She was new, and it was one bad haircut. Hold, slow your roll, motherfucker. Listen to me. I have known... No less than seven people who've gone to, to Smart Styles in Delmont. And not one of them, not one of them came out of there saying, oh, yes, I'm satisfied with my haircut. They all came out of there saying, what the fuck are they doing? Trying to make me look like Dudley Moore? Because, yes, that's what they're doing. They only know how to make you look like Dudley Moore. They want you to look like the drunk guy that wandered in front of a microphone and started narrating Milo and Otis. That's what they want. They want you to look like a guy that wants to hop into a whirlpool with Liza Minnelli. That's what they want. They want you to look like a guy whose name is fucking Dudley Moore. So that said, you go to Smart Styles in Delmont, that's what you get. You get the Dudley. You don't get anything but the Dudley. That's what they offer you. Matter of fact, they, I'm going to make them. I'm going to do, I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go, because I, I can do this all in Walmart in one fucking trip. I'm going to get a picture of Dudley Moore, and I'm going to go back to the Walmart, like, photo area, where you can have them take a photo and make you, like, a book. I'm going to have them make me, like, a full book of just that photo, front and back. And on the front of the book, I just wanted to be, to say, the Dudley, exclusively at Smart Styles. And then I'm going to take it back up to the front of the Walmart, to Smart Styles, and I'm going to give it to them. I'll be like, here. And they'll say, what's this for? I'll be like, this is for you guys. So that way your customers can have something to look at and something to choose from. And they'll, say, they'll look through it. 
<coughs> and they'll say, this is all the same picture of the, of, of, of the same guy. I'll be like, yeah, his name was Dudley Moore. That's why it says the Dudley on the front, exclusively offered at Smart Styles. And they'll say, what are you trying to say here? I'm, and I'll be like, I'm trying to say that you only know how to give one, per, one fucking haircut, regardless of who the fucking stylist is. Whether it's the stylist that has uh, tattoos from fucking the neck down to her fucking toenails, and the fucking flower that I'm assuming is just growing out of her head, because I've never seen it moved out of her fucking hair. Or the stylist that looks like fucking uh, Honey Boo Boo's mom that is just sitting there. Or the stylist that looks like she's a fucking new Kensington crack meth head that's just outside smoking constantly. She's got a fucking apron on that says Smart Styles, but I've never actually seen her in the goddamn hair salon. I mean, she's just always outside smoking. Whether it's any one of those three, you get one haircut from them. And that's the Dudley. That's all you get. You don't, you're not offered anything other. Ash, you got your hair cut at uh, Smart Styles by mistake, haven't you? Yep. What'd you get? The Dudley. You got the Dudley. And I immediately had to go down to Supercuts. And they fixed it. Yep. And Anakin, what haircut did they give you at Smart Styles? The Dudley. The Dudley. That's right. They only offer the Dudley. So, uh, for those of you listening to this that are like, ooh, yeah, I know what look I want. You know what? I've been looking for a place that can really, really bring out my inner Dudley more then that's the place that you need to go. You need to go there. And here's the fucked up thing, is that same night, that, not, that same night, not three hours later, me and Ash are laying in bed, and we're watching an episode of Hoarders. And the main hoarder lady is, you know, she's a hoarder. And then it brings in her brother, Ricky. And guess what fucking haircut he got? The fucking Dudley. And I look at Ash, I go, this guy got his haircut at Smart Styles, didn't he? And from there, the rest of the episode I missed because me and Ash just were talking about every time. I hope they show Ricky again. Oh, they can't show Ricky today. He's not there to help his uh, his sister clean out her hoard or help her with her hoarding problem. He's on his way down to Walmart to get his Dudley touched up at Smart Styles. He, sh- he has an appointment there every three days so that way things don't get out of hand with the Dudley. Jesus fucking Christ. That's right, Bows. I heard you. No, Bows, you're not getting the Dudley. Come here. Come to me, Bows. Oh, Bows. What are you doing? Jesus Christ, Bows. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know about you kids, but I feel like that has pretty much uh, vented it. Is there anything else I forgot to talk about? Anything else I've been wanting to came to mind? I don't know. All right. That's his, uh, that's that. No, 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 no. That's a separate fucking thing. Okay. So I am going to put this out there before I end this episode. And thank you, Ash, for reminding me. There is a man who lives in England. At the time of this recording, he is 82 years old. And he must be a guest on this episode, on, on an episode of this podcast. The man... Goes by the name of Jake Mangelwurzel. Now, I'm putting this out there to friends, family, listeners alike. If any of you can get me in touch with Jake Mangelwurzel, it is now your evolutionary imperative to do so. I'm trying everything. I know I'm, I'm doing what I can on my end. And, you know, I promise you, before 2021 is through... We are going to get the Wurzel on the element of surprise. That is a fucking promise. From me, 
your host, Chadwick J. Stewart. So, at that, bring me the Wurzel! Before I let you go, of course, I do want you to check out the following. Um, there is a fireside chat hosted by my good friend Ryan McCormick. Um, great episodes he's been putting out lately. I'm finally just getting caught up with what he with what he's been doing um, to finish out the year last year, and it was uh, fantastic. I just listened to an episode called The Overthinker, and it is fucking great. It was fucking just one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. So check that out. It's a fireside chat hosted by uh, Ryan McCormick. That's available on Libsyn.com. Uh, Ian, Paul, and Matt at McSauce, the comic book podcast. They're over on Potomatic. Check them out. They also have McSauce uh, Special Reserve, um, also a Potomatic. But you got to pay that for that one, but it's worth it. So check that out as well. And then, of course, I want you to check out uh, Case in Point, hosted by Justin Case, and that's all on Audioboom. So that said... Thank you guys very much. Um, it is a new year. And without further ado, cue the fucking bear music.
it's a baby. What baby? Baby with the power. Power voodoo. 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 Voodoo